You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 267th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt Minneapolis. And this is Spencer 10K, too long for me. I am Ooh. off the back. I am dropped. It's unfortunate today, guys. I am. I just don't have it. I don't have the distance. I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you guys for this intro. That's okay. Well, man. you're just assuming that we all thought you were going to be there at the end for our intro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was the odds-on favorite to be there for the uh, for the end of this intro. Yeah. Well, you you, know, you went so early before we even started recording. You started doing the intro, and it, and I thought it was a little early, but now I have a fair amount of jet lag, guys. But let's just get the monkey off. Let me get the monkey off my back. Okay. Shake it I'm off. ready for two it. stories for you. So we're obviously going to talk about worlds. We're also going to talk a little bit about Madison cyclocross after the jump, but we do need to talk about my real life betting. Not, I mean, roller derby is a lot of fun and I put every single possible point I had on Michael Matthews because I was totally <laughs> convinced that he was going to be the guy to ruin the party uh, of I mean, a Matthew Vanderpool success. Scroll down a little bit here. Okay. Yeah, I see where he Lip. is. Anyway. Cool little guy. Um, but I think I you've do, been listening to the Slow Ride podcast too much. I I was con- absolutely convinced. So I put it all on roller derby on him. Uh-huh. Got it. Now, Matthew Vanderpool obviously was the the favorite for everybody all around. Yeah. But here's the thing. I was overseas where betting on sports is legal and easy. Um, Still immoral. Which is a whole other side story because it is legal in some states here, but it's really difficult. Like you have to find like a casino to go bet. Like it's, you can walk, like I had an ice cream cone in my hand when I walked (laughs) into the Ladbrokes. Uh So, you know, I was already in the, the great mental capacity yeah, of yeah. Tim going to make some bets. Yeah. So God, let me tell you a little happy story. place, Tim. Bet- so, so I walk in. Did you have a beer in the other hand? <laughs> no, because oh. I needed to push the buttons on the screen. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. You know my track record in betting now of me physically pushing the buttons. Yeah. I'm one for one. Yeah. I won huge on Valverde last year. So I decide I walk into the my lucky Ladbrokes where I have almost a year ago to the day. And I go in and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put some bets down. So I go up to the machine and Matthew Vanderpool is like five to two, like embarrassingly too short, right? Like, like I am not going to take these bets because if I took the bet, then I'm not going to win any money. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, for sure I'm putting some money on Valverde, right? Like, I, like I need to put some money on Valverde because he's paid for me so well in the past. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the one. So yeah, I, I put yeah. some money on Valverde, put yeah. five pounds on him, paying out 28 to one. I'm like, all right, that's not bad. That's a better return than last year. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bet 20 pounds on this overall. You know, the, the exchange rate, cause of Brexit is really good right now for America. <laughs> so 20 bucks is worth the, uh, the pay. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, Michael Matthews, I'll put a fiver on for him. 18 to one. Faith. I'm oh. like, all right, feeling confident. And then I'm like, you know what? Philippe's also looking good 11 to 2. At that moment, I'm done with the men's race and I start backing out of the screen mm-hmm. and I see it. I see women's individual time trial. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I wonder what the odds are. And I go in and it's like Van, Van Vluten mm-hmm. or Van der Breggen. Sorry. One of them's like 2 to 1 and then the other Vander is like 5 to 1. And then Chloe Digert is 16 to 1. Ooh. And I'm like, Whoa. dude, this is a no-brainer. Five pounds on Chloe Digert. She crushed it in Colorado. Yeah. She is an absolute legend. Yeah. yeah. We, we know it. I'm an American. I'm not going to back down here. So I put five or a faith on her. Back down. Like you're yeah. challenged. I like this. this so then I'm like, ever. go to the cash out. And I dip my card in. And it says 
debits only. Cause I, and I was like, I was like, oh, so it didn't take my card. I couldn't physically use my card there. So I opened up my wallet, only 15 pounds in my wallet. Okay. All right. Who do I take off the card? Well, Valverde, because he had uh, no shot. I know yeah, you would did. think. You, you know, Michael did. Matthews, take Michael Matthews off. He's not going to win. Yeah. Take, nope. Yeah. Tim does what Tim would do, and he takes Chloe Digert off because her odds, her odds were for far too, too far. So, yeah, I could have been a very rich man So what would you if I would have just stuck to my guns. Well, how much would you have won? Have you done the math where it ended up? Well, 16 to 1, so what's 16 times 5? <laughs> no, I didn't know <laughs> like, if you're putting a 5. If it stayed, the odds didn't change. But So, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 100 US, I would have won. Anyways, that's my story. That's how my betting went. And today, it was a disaster in the men's race as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe for the gambling, but for folks that just wanted to see maybe the most brutal-looking race of all time, it was it was exactly what you wanted. You wanted to, and I think feel pain. It was like only one Spanish rider in the men's race finished. I think like Izagir, uh, like one of the Izagir riders. Both of the Izagirs finished him. One of them in ninth, and the other one, not to be outdone, sixteenth place. Yeah, super stoked. Overall, I thought the week looked really good up in Yorkshire. I mean, I want to go there for my holidays and just <laughs> oh. bask in the sun. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> the country. women's race. Was like the day was beautiful. We got to admit the women's road race. It was really nice. I didn't think the total monsoon was going to come back for the men's race today. It's kind of. I mean, over. I saw the images of the time trial. I'm sure you guys saw these too. Uh, Didn't look great. I don't know if the rental Peugeot that I could get while uh, vacationing (laughs) there would do well in the uh, three feet of standing water. No. That's serious, man. So, my roof would my roof would be leaking so bad if that's where, yeah. where I lived. Well, you know, so, we, okay. we we make fun of all the ditches in in Belgium and the Netherlands that uh, George Hincapi has so famously fallen into many times. They don't seem to have those there in the UK. Mm-mm. I don't the, know. No, the water just sits on the road rather than going in the ditch. They should get some ditches. That, yeah. So there is so much to discuss across the board. Here, let's start with the men's race and then work backwards, I think. All right. And the first thing we want to hit, obviously, is Mads Peterson taking the win. Trek Segafredo rider. Yeah. So quick, quick poll. One to ten. No. Mm-hmm. One through five. Okay. Let's go. Uh, how, how psyched are you to have Mads Peterson as a world champion for the next cycling season? Three. Four. Okay. I like a dark horse winner, but I don't really know much about him. I mean, I know I know a few yeah. results, but I mean, I, I I hope it turns out well. I'm gonna say maybe a two and a half or three as well, okay. Tim. Um, I'm in your boat. I I I I understand what you're saying, little guy, and I always like I want the dark horse to win, but at the same time, I don't. I just don't feel like I'm gonna see him anywhere at the front of the race. Yeah. I know what you're saying. So we're all stoked for him. him yeah, that's the key. Absolutely. Great win. Incredible. Yeah. This is like Igor Astarola winning in 2004 in yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a little like, different because Igor Astarola was old and a doper. <laughs> and let's, let's suspend, let's go total. We're going to believe, believe he's clean as I believe he is. He's 23. Sure. There's a lot of upside, right? Like oh, yeah. he's, he hasn't had a very long career and he's already had some big results. Granted, he hadn't really had very many big results this year, but there's a good chance that that will change. I just hope the Jersey isn't, it isn't too much of a weight. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, I mean, he's a deserving race winner. He's, yeah. he played it to perfection, played it really well, had the legs at the end. You cannot, take that away. Like, I don't want to downplay this at all. Like the win itself, the race itself. Fantastic. I guess what I'm referring to is more like the, can he embrace, do we believe that he can embrace what it is to be the world champion to, to be that patron of the Peloton? Well, he will probably be at the tour of California. He was this okay. year, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah that's kind of my yeah. point, right? Like, cause what other, He's not doing a grand tour. Like the the grand tour, you know, was he in any of the grand tours? I don't believe he was. No. He was in all the one week stage races, right? Like the Bink Bank tour, tour to Poland. Yeah, I mean, Stoked. he's a, a classics like, rider, you know. But like, I'm excited that he's there. Yeah, but I mean, look, I was going to be disappointed no matter what. 
because whoever <laughs> besides Valverde is going to be a downgrade to me. And I totally accept that. Absolutely stoked for him. I hope that this gets him some more starts and we get to see more of him. Yes. Judging by his personality and that post-race interview, seems like a pretty rad dude. So yeah. like excited to see that. Um, I'm just and, I'm just curious if Sagan's going to, you know, give him the wheel or whatever, if, uh, <laughs> you know, if they're going to respect the stripes as much uh, as they should. I think here's what we got to hope for. Because I think we have to hope for rain at Roubaix, which we hope for anyway, and rain at Flanders. Because he's the kind of rider that a brutal, long, hard, cold, miserable race seems to bring out the best in him. So we just got to hope for foul weather in the spring classics, and then we're Uh going to see a lot of the world champions jersey. If the weather's too nice, he'll be like rolling in, trying to get that 16th place. I don't know. Dude's 23. Think about that. I need to check through his uh, pro cycling stats and see if he's got any 16ths because this one may have escaped us, and that is that uh, was the bellwether that we were looking for here. He's got two the, 17ths that I've seen already. And he won. Um, well, he's won his last 16th two races, place, which I think 16th is the place thing. national championship of Denmark. There you go. We called I do it think that here his, in the um, Slow Ride podcast. You heard it here first. We called it weeks ago when yeah. he finished 16th place at, at nationals. My favorite part about it was friend of the podcast, Jordan Cullen, was quick to point out that he once beat Mads Pedersen when he got third place and Mads got fourth in some time trial oh, really? over in Europe. So therefore, he is better than the world champion. That's so sweet. Um, so I would be- that was cool to see. But so, I mean, look, overall stoked for him. I hope we get to see the jersey a yeah. little bit more. Um, so speaking about the race, aside from the victory, we've, we've, we've discussed this. What was your... Favorite moment of the race. What was the when biggest moment? Moscone got dropped and we didn't have to worry about him being the racist world champion. That uh that's a strong that's a strong point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good good moment in the race there. Little guy, do you have one moment uh, that stands out to you? Favorite moment. Man, I don't know. Or biggest moment. I don't know. I mean, I've got another the favorite. The biggest moment. moment is obviously when Vanderpool popped because it was crazy. It just, wow, I can't believe that's your favorite moment. Yeah, it seems like um, favorite, but uh, it, it sticks in my mind the most. Can I yeah. can I tell you my other favorite moment? Is that I didn't have a stroke when both Tom Skunes <laughs> and Carlos Bettencourt were bridging oh. across to the break because mm-hmm. that was the most amazing moment of the day. The fact of that this season. that was happening and Moscon was in and Vanderpool were in the move. It was a slow ride podcast like like everything we've ever come to talk about on this podcast was about to happen for a second. Yeah. There. For for a split second, everyone watching the race was worried that we maybe know what we're talking about all this time. If Michael Matthews so, had bridged started to bridge across, <laughs> I probably oh would have fainted. <laughs> so it was guys, that was insane. That was totally bonkers that that's what was happening. Yeah. Betten Kerr out of contract. Yes. Called in last minute substitute for Columbia. Yeah. Puts together a, race a pretty day. good performance. Yeah. Really I great mean, performance. Yeah. He had to have ridden himself into a contract with some team with that, right? I would hope so. I can't believe that no one was willing to give him a contract. He's got to have something in the works. What was your favorite moment, Spencer? Uh, so many, so many to choose from. Um, you know, it's not going to be Vanderpool cracking. Um, little guy said pop to use the word popped. I think that is Exploded. not descriptive Imploded. enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the words have been invented. Maybe there's a German word for it, but. Uh, there, yeah, you're probably right. There's a very, there's definitely a German word for what happened. Yeah, there is not an English word for how much he cracked, how hard and how fast. Mm. Um, it was, Yeah. More sudden and violent than the sinking of the Titanic, for sure. Um, And more tragic. It was more like the Lutetania or whatever. I mean, Bettenker coming across, the return of the gummy bear, the rise of the gummy bear, definitely a highlight for me. I think, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can just choose one. You guys, it's it wasn't so a let's race get, full of a moments. It was it was a slow burn. It was a well, slow just, burn. I think the biggest thing for me was the weather, perhaps because it it that's what changed everything. Yeah. Well, I did like seeing the guys all pull off every lap, at like the the pit. 
yeah. I was on the side of the road, like, oh, well, who's going to jump in the tent this time? Let's that was um hard to watch. Quick man. questions for you, little guy. How surprised were you that Trenton lost that sprint? I was, I was pretty surprised. I thought he had it. I was, I would have, I would have. I thought he was a favorite in that group. Yeah, I would have. I was like seventy, eighty percent sure he had it. So. Can we also give a quick shout out, uh, Spencer, to uh, the pain face of uh, Stefan Kung? Oh, uh, like that thing was amazing. I loved that dude. That dude buried it. I was so happy for him. Yeah, I think was, I would have uh, been more stoked if he want, took the win, just because a he's on FDJ mm-hmm. and they would have just oh my god, that would be awesome. Well, there would have been and no B, sponsors on that jersey. It would have just he, been a clean jersey. Yeah, he also was so just. Like the other guys were str- like, I think he's probably more stoked that he just got a medal than rather like falling off fourth place. Like that's why he was on the front, just drilling it. You know what I mean? That and that was, he was the consummate uh, professional there. Uh, Mads owes him a big high, hearty high five with his world championship striped jersey on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he definitely buried himself for that. For that. Let's mean, get into a potential um, favorite moment that didn't pan out was when Sagan left the group and started coming across. And it was like three and a half K to go. And I was (laughs) like, well, there's no possible way. But in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe. That was a little. Maybe. And the cameras aren't on him. And I'm like, are they just going to come to the finish line camera and and they're all going to round the corner. And then all of a sudden Sagan's going to be there and uh, out Vanderpool, Vanderpool on the day. Like there, there was a little part of me that thought maybe. Yeah, it was cool to see uh, Lawson Craddock in the break uh, for a while. Yes, that was fun. I mean, he started the move that became the move. You know, Chad Haga was the top place American along with Nielsen Paulus, fortieth and forty first. Only forty six riders finished. Um, so yeah, that tells anyway. you that tells you what the day was like. All those shots Brutal. of guys fumbling with zippers to put on rain jackets as they pull yeah. out, like trying to trying to zip things up and not being able to. How about Vanderpool though? Still finishing eleven minutes down with like, didn't he get popped with like four k to go, five k to go? Mm, uh, I think it was longer 12 than that, twelve or fourteen yeah. or something. Yeah, I I gotta say I'm impressed that he finished. That's that's kind of a classy move at that point. Well, let's go to the other great race of the weekend, the women's world championship. A couple highlights here: Anamake Van Vluten takes the win over Anna Vanderbregen and Amanda Spratt. Obviously, the story here is the mega attack of Van Vluten from like 150k out or whatever oh it was. I mean, the race is 150k, but yeah, it was yeah. Uh, 105k out. 105k out. But I do want to give a special shout out to your time trial world champion, Chloe Digert Owen, mm-hmm. for a pretty uh, amazing performance. Yeah, very amazing. I mean, performance. if anyone gutsy, was gonna I think would be it. a word that you could say, and then uh. 16th place goes to Allison Jackson of Canada. But um, that, overall, yeah. that was a kick-ass race, too. That it was, was a kick-ass crazy. race. I turned on the race with 90K to go, and I missed the move. <laughs> That's <laughs> nuts. That's insane. That's That was... Uh, I couldn't believe that. I kept waiting for it to crack. I was like, I know... Obviously, she's got the results to back, back that move up, but still, 100K... Yeah. That's the thing. If you finish second in the TT at Worlds, you know you're in form. You know there's only one person that could maybe chase you down. And if they happen to be at the back of the peloton or something and you notice it, and you just go, hey, you're pretty pretty smooth sailing, I think. So, so nuts. guys, how much did the lack <laughs> of race radios play into her victory? Uh, sure not as much. Those. Not as much as you think. I don't yeah. think. I bet they sounds like an absolute beast. Corinne Rivera was not so. Uh, I think she would argue a little differently. Really, on the race radios, yeah, because like a lack of information coming along, so you know that gap kind of never really got too organized and a little. I, I love not. I mean, we've talked about this many times before. They should completely get rid of race radios, except for absolute safety measures coming from Radio Tour. Mm-hmm. But the. Uh, I think it makes for better racing, and we saw that with uh, Van Vluten. The Dutch, man, back-to-back medal winners there, right? And that also doubles on the same day when the U23 men, and when they took the victory in that race. Yeah. (laughs) Did they? Did they? (laughs) Did they? 
What do you mean, did oh, they? What a what a mess. What a mess. All right, guys, we need to talk about it. U23 men's race. Obviously, this is probably the talk of the weekend. Like Mads Pedersen's victory, badass, awesome. Van Vluten's victory, even more badass, 105k out. Yep. Overshadowed completely by Samuel Bastella's victory in the sprint for Italy over Stefan Bessanger. And wow, Great Britain managed to get a medal in this world championships. Shocking. Mm-hmm. With Thomas Bitcock's third place. Guys, I may be missing a name here. Yep. Um, what possibly could I be uh, uh, missing? Mm-hmm. Well, you're missing Nils. Nils Ehoff. Now, it should be noted, three other people were disqualified in this race. But Nils Ekoff, who definitely drafted behind a team car for far too long. Yeah. I will be the first to say it. He should have been disqualified. Absolutely. I 100% agree with the disqualification. I don't agree with it being after he wins a sprint and gets to muddy up the entire race. Like that that's what's strange to me. Like they knew it was there. Yeah, they should have just made the call a long 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 time before. I don't know. Isn't that why they have the motorcycle referees too? Like, I mean, we would have been pulled out of a local USA cycling race. They would have just pulled us and sent us to the back or something. I just, Mm -hmm. it's clearly that he was back there a little too long. I, it was pointed out by a friend of the podcast, uh, Bill Scheiken, that the, uh, you know, when Vanderpool was drafting behind the team car quickly, the Belgian uh, television coverage panned away, right? Like, they're not going to like sit behind the way that they sat behind this guy for the entire time on live television. Yeah. It was, I mean, it sets a weird precedent, right? Because the rules are not clear. Um, what do you mean they're not clear? They're not clear. Well, they don't enforce I, it in any clear way, I think is the thing. Right. And so, and there's different rules depending on if you were just dropped or if you had a mechanical or a crash um, there are rules about whether you're moving up through are these the, unwritten rules. No, these are written rules, but they are unclear. Um, if you're moving up through the caravan or moving around the caravan, like you can't use the car to get through the caravan, but you can draft well in the caravan on other cars. It's all but, kinds of weird. But he things. wasn't in the caravan though, right? There were, I mean, he was at, at times and you can draft. <laughs> when you're getting back to the caravan. So this is, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's very unclear. Uh, if you know, if they're not going to say something during the race or at, in the moment, like, Hey, we're going to dock you 10 seconds or whatever it is. Like you're going to be disqualified. Then, you know, he drops off and that's fine. Or he doesn't. And they DQ him. That's fine. Okay. Kind of to your point, but if it was if it was immediate disqualification on the spot, Spencer, should he like let's, let's say like we all agree it was messed up. This guy thought he won. They take away the jersey, right? Totally, a hundred percent. And he shouldn't even have been. He messed up the sprint for everybody else. And Pidock uh, could even argue that uh, that he has you know he could have been there. One less guy, whatever. Here's my question: Knowing what you know mm-hmm. in the race, would you have pulled him if you had that ability to immediately pull him for what he did? Okay, we're in agreement, little guy. Uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't feel like it was that terrible, but sure, let's pull him. You don't think like it was so clear and obvious to me? I guess I'm just. I just. Feel I'm like surprised that, that you guys are that that's all the time. little guy. It happens. It, all it doesn't the matter. Time. It's well, the rule. Like you got caught. All right. Like he was, he was drafting behind the guy. I guess I'm just. The UCI totally in the race jury needs to go get bent because we all saw it like way before. This wasn't 10 kilometers before the finish. No, this happened was 130K like 130K to go. Like I it's had ridiculous. Plenty of time. When you watch Formula One, they instant like they they put a notification up on the screen. It's like, oh, race incident being in, uh, investigated by the jury while the race is happening. And then all of a sudden it comes along the radio and everyone knows like, oh, you know, Hamilton needs to serve a drive through penalty and they, they, they solve the problem very quickly. Like they have the TV cameras, like this is embarrassment for the UCI that they couldn't figure this out compared to others. And that's, I mean, they probably didn't expect him to win, but at the same time, you, you can't bank on him not winning for, for not enforcing the rules immediately. Um, yeah. And if he does win, like how, how, 
It's 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 like uh, calling the end of a soccer game. I saw this analogy somewhere. Uh, you know, changing it after the after the ninetieth minute because of a yellow card that should have happened in the tenth minute. You know, like that is essentially what the UCI did with this decision. Yeah, I just. I still can't believe. Yeah, no. I mean, we're all. It sounds like we're all pretty much in agreement. I just thought it was so blatant what he had done. But if you're not going to call it there in the spot, now here's the other part that's messed if, up though. If if is that it really it comes spot, down to where he's the cameras our world are. Champion, you know. Well, it comes down to where the cameras are and who the the director is that's going to cover the the incident, right? Because we've seen. Didn't Nabali get tossed from the Volta for this? Uh, uh, Nabali. Yeah, he was physically. The car. Yeah. yeah, he was physically holding on to the car. Yeah, well, this guy, I mean, he was behind this car for a long time. Anyways, not trying to beat that dead horse into the uh, ground of submission. Let's go to the next big stories on the race weekend. Of course, I'm talking about um, the time trial. Chloe Dygart absolutely crushes it over almost, what, a minute and a half victory? Yeah. Like the largest in history for like the uh, the um, a time trial. And then also on the men's side... You have Rohan Dennis mm-hmm. on an unmarked, blacked out Merida <laughs> time trial bike. Uh, I th- mark, I'm sure mark, that's what it mark. was. Yeah. <laughs> and then little guy, you pointed out in the podcast green room that he is now no longer on the brain, brain Merida team. Yeah. The candom. Boo. So where will he be racing next year? Well, I think we've got some pretty good guesses. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know all the uh, all the spy shots of this unmarked Mareda bike that he was riding um, lead us and everyone else to believe that it's a BMC. <laughs> so uh, doing the short math on where where BMC sponsorship is headed next year, it's not a not a long trail of uh, breadcrumbs. Yeah. To Dimension Data, right? I would believe they are yes, unless unless BMC's sponsoring another team we don't know about. <laughs> I'd say that. And wrapping up just the discussion of metal talk at the world championships, we obviously have to talk American domination in the junior categories with Ugh. Quinn Simmons taking first and Magnus Sheffield taking third in the men's junior race. Mm-hmm. And then on the women's side, we had um, from uh, Lux Racing, mm-hmm. and I uh, her name is completely spacing me right now. <laughs> I apologize. It's, uh, Megan Jastrob, I think. Yeah, Jastrob. Thank you. Something like that. Yep. But I was also, when I was going through, I was thinking about how also on the men's side in the U23 time trial, the Americans got, what, second and third? Yep. Mm-hmm. That was also pretty awesome. So was this the best world championships for the Americans of all time with this many medals? And that was Ian Garrison and Brandon McNulty. I mean, in best, the, uh, uh, U23. best in the Best in the last 29 years, that's for sure. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is pretty awesome to see that many uh, medals for the U.S. Um, overall. Guys, the other big story besides the weather were the man-eating potholes that we did see on the side of the road. Yeah. Question, if you're in the time trial, little guy, and you're in your full extensions mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you still own, yep. that were graciously returned to you, if you see a puddle on the road... Yep. And you're in England, where you <laughs> presumably have done a little bit of recon. Yep. yep are you going to ride your bike through a puddle, or are you going to go a little bit around? Well, I'm trying to shave the seconds, and the, so I'm assuming the time trial bikes. How everybody used to tell me if I had got deep dish wheels and cross, it would shed the mud better. The same theory applies to riding through puddles; just sheds right off those deep dish wheels. So I'm just going to plow right through it. What could go wrong? Yeah. Well, what would go wrong is your wheel disintegrates underneath you and then you go <laughs> hydroplaning for a good 50 yards um i just oh my god those the, those multiple crashes of just hitting the bumps on the corners just disaster i'm just a little shocked that these guys are going right through the puddles like you kind of got to avoid the puddles yeah it's kind of like when we, i remember riding in minneapolis when we were couriers and the snow was starting to melt and if you ever saw a big puddle on the road, you're like, Ooh, I'm going to ride right through that. Oh, yeah. You just accelerate right into it. You assume yep. there's there's no way anything bad could be at the bottom of that, right? <laughs> I uh, Speaking of that, I just saw like an NPR, National Public Radio story the other day that was about how the county is spending like $30,000 to investigate sinkholes. 
around the city for the next couple of years. So that's just a friendly reminder to not plow through those puddles because they could be those sinkholes that they're searching for. And you don't <laughs> you don't want to be the one spending your money, a i.e. Yeah. your wheel, on finding out finding those sinkholes for them. Let them do it. Well, that is oh, sinkholes are are horrible things. They swallow houses down here and they swallow wheels up in Minnesota. So <laughs> You know what could possibly go worse? Florida always well, got guys, do things bigger than us, don't you? You always got You always got to one up us. You're swallowing houses, huh? So here's my question: Ten years from now, little guy, mm-hmm. Spencer, mm-hmm. are you going to remember this World Championships the way that you did Richmond or last year when Valverde won? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I will. What will you? What What is your takeaway? And then uh, Spencer, the same question for you. Uh, my takeaway will be the rain, the Vanderpool explosion, implosion, and the the quality yet unlikely at the start winner. All yeah. right, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm always going to remember it as the one world championship in my lifetime that um, Matthew Vanderpool did not win. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to remember it as the. The year that Matthew Vanderpool should have went to the mountain bike world championships. Uh, yeah. And with yeah. that, let's get into the preem lap. Here is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, Spencer. Little guy, mm. once again, the Slow Ride Podcast and all of the Wide Angle Podium shows are brought to us, brought to you by the supporters and listeners of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find the whole slew of shows, including Life in the Peloton. Can't wait to hear the edition about the Road World Championships from Mitch Docker. And we also have Bike Shop CX, <laughs> The Gravel Lot, The Consummate Athlete. And of course, Cyclocross Radio and Cyclocross Television from our friend of the podcast, Bill Sheikin. Yes, always good stuff over there. Uh, we all got to hang out, uh, which is unusual. Uh, we've not all been in the same place at one time, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But that was awesome to see everybody. Tons of great people on the network. Um, great, great shows if you haven't listened to them. Um, check out WideAnglePodium.com. You'll find some other podcasts that you will like if you haven't already discovered them. We are also brought to you this week by works, uh, works tools. They make the hydro shot, um, as a great, um, uh, power cleaner. It is not a power washer, but, uh, it's somewhere in between, uh, putting your thumb over the hose and having a power washer that blasts, uh, all the grease out of every nook and cranny of your bike, which is also bad. Um, <laughs> The hydro shot, we used it a lot uh, this past weekend in uh, in Waterloo at the World Cup. It was pouring rain and muddy, and uh, we had tons of people coming over looking at them, trying to borrow them. We loaned one out to Katie Compton and Mark uh, um, for their bike. It people we couldn't keep it on the shelf, and and we only had the one, so it was uh, it was incredible. It it proved its metal in the worst conditions, and it is something that you should check out. Um, it will. At 320 PSI, it's five times as powerful as your hose, um, and it will pull water source uh, from a lake, from a stream, from a five-gallon bucket, or from a two-liter bottle that you fill up and put on the bottom. So it's completely portable. Battery-powered, so you can take it wherever you want to go. Little guy had his in the van again, brought it with him. Um, It's great. Um, So tried and true, proven in the field, works hydro shot um check it out works.com um w-o-r-x and then uh if you decide you want to get one head over to our special url which is your cleanbike.com and use the promo code clean bike to get yourself 15 percent off uh that's off the hydro shot that's off any of the accessories extra batteries all that kind of stuff and the special bike cleaning uh package that they've put together for you so your clean bike Y-O-U-R, cleanbike.com, promo code cleanbike. We're also, once again, 
proud to sponsor or partner with Buckler Skincare. Head on over to bucklerskincare.com for your very own wide angle podium miracle wap cream, chamois cream. Mm -hmm. It's got a little tingle. It's fantastic. Used it again this weekend, guys. I'm back on the bike. Felt good out there, rejuvenated, (laughs) and I felt comfortable the entire time. And I highly recommend, even to you guys, because you haven't bought any yet, you got to head over to bucklerskincare.com. It costs only $21. They'll ship it off to you. It's the best damn chamois cream in the business. Get your very own Miracle Wap made in Tallahassee, Florida. And another quick shout out to our friends at Grimper Brothers. Head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about the two different exclusive blends we have with Grimper Brothers, including Hello Cyclocross Friends, which is an espresso blend, and the full Schleck, a light roast that is designed to get you over the weekend, over the work <laughs> week, so you can get back to riding even oh. some more. Over so, the Elp to Weekend. That's oh. right. Ouch. There it is. Ouch. So head over to WideAnglePodium.com slash coffee to find out more. And with that, let's get into some listener emails and we have a review. What up? This is Don Skoyinch. And you're listening to this low ride. All right, guys. The first review comes to us from Ski Jumper Soars Like an Eagle. Yumbo Visma once again asserting their dominance in the cycling universe. Ski Jumper is unstoppable. I cannot wait to see Super <laughs> Domestique Tommy D ride in support of our Ski Jumper in the 2020 Tour to assist him in winning his first yellow jersey. Good times ahead. Thoroughly pleased. Five stars. DG from Canada. Guys, I can only imagine that the super domestique Tommy Tommy D that he speaks of mm-hmm. is the next Lance Armstrong, Tom Danielson. That must be. He must be. Speaking a little bit of this, guys, real quick. Smart move for Tom Dumoulin to go to Lotto Yumbo or bad move? Is this a Landa-esque move or is this a power move? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm torn. It's too wow, many. little guy. It's Good too... thing that we asked you for your opinion. Well, it's too many cooks <laughs> in the kitchen. I don't know what to say. I there mean, we go. All I right, let's flush this out a little bit. So you think it's I, bad? I disagree with little guy. Uh, I'll, I'll take your bait, Tim. Okay. I think, little guy, there are not going to be too many cooks in the kitchen because there's only going to be one cook in the kitchen anymore, and that is Tom Dumoulin, the only cook in the Yumbo kitchen. So uh, he's he forgot about though. the coat hanger himself, the snowman that's freezing down that ice box. Spencer, <laughs> I think Stephen Kreiswick is still around, as is the ski jumper himself, Primo Roglic. Disaster of a move by Tom Dumoulin. <laughs> Why even come to that team? There's so many other teams that he could have went to. Uh, mm. Well, he's Dutch, but he's injured. Yeah. I think the injury is the thing that makes it weird. It's not weird. <laughs> Stop making it weird. How are you gonna Stop go in? Weird, how are you gonna go in and and assert your dominance when you're injured? Let's see. Yeah. It's gonna be tough uh, because he's just gonna win the tour, and Primos can win the Volta and the Giro or whatever. Um, and then Wout is gonna be there to take care of all the one week stage races. And it's just a. Uh, it's our favorite team now. I mean, it just has to be. There's no I way just, around it. We can't beat around this bush any longer, you guys. I just hope on the first day of team training camp, Stephen Kreiswick decides to take a dump on the side of the road and say, show Tommy D how it's done as he rides off into the sunset when he catches back up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, as long like, as he doesn't draft any cars after he does it, uh, we should be fine. He's like, I'm better at everything. Check this out. <laughs> A listener check-in several years ago, a car crossed the yellow line and took out my fence in my front yard. Today, I finally got around to repairing it. So I put a highway (laughs) cone in the road because my fence line is right at the edge of the road where I was. I want to commend the BMW who hit the cone while I was digging and all the other drivers who didn't think slowing down was an option. Kevin Dolan. Kevin, I'm sure that that BMW... Listener is listening to the podcast and he appreciates your uh, congratulations for hitting a traffic cone. (laughs) 
My better question is, Kevin, where did you get that traffic cone? Did you buy it or did you just steal it like everybody else with traffic cones? Oh, wow. I mean, think about it. If you're a race promoter and you bought a traffic cone, eh, you could probably spend your money elsewhere. I mean, it's not that hard to find traffic cones out there. We found all kinds of things when we were promoting races. What was your... What was we found the uh, the sandwich boards that you can put the you know the direct people which way to go to registration and stuff. Those mm-hmm. were I think we got a few condo boards out of our day. I mean, there was a lot of condos that were going yeah. belly up when we were putting together <laughs> our bike races in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That yeah. they would just litter the sidewalks of Minneapolis with these con with these uh, sandwich boards. Um, I think probably the the best moment in our of like material that is needed to put on a bike race uh-huh. was probably the hay bales oh that we had God. and then the disposal of hay bales because after the race we were looking around at a bunch of hay bales and you go what do you do with a bunch of hay bales yeah, well we have 50 or 60 hay bales we need to dispose of little guy quick what do you do with 50 or 60 hay bales that you need to get rid of you just you just spread them out you just throw them just kick them just throw them into the train ditch <laughs> like like I mean, it's well, gonna, it's we, gonna biodegrade. It's gonna be good. It is biodegradable. I'm not. We like, had a uh, uh, like a 24 foot U-Haul truck full of uh, full of hay bales, and uh, we dropped as many as we could reasonably just drop at the community gardens we knew that were around the yeah. area. I think two or three different. Uh, they they uh, still have the got, hay from those hay bales at those community gardens. We're like, well, we were still left with like 30 hay bales. So <laughs> yeah, we chucked them. Not onto the train tracks, but along the train tracks. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's gonna insulate the the ground before the uh, snow came. We were, I thought we were actually did a pretty good job. Little do they tell you that, like, that you you think the problem would be finding the hay bales for the crit that you no, that was that all right. Someone tells you that you have to have that the Department of Transportation's like, oh, if you're gonna put on a race, you gotta have hay bales in front of that light post right there, and you're like, okay. So you, you you scour the Craigslist to find some hay bales for sale. And you get them. You're like, oh, wow, pretty smart. You drive out to the suburbs. Yep. At no point during that process do you think about, man, after the race, how am I going to get rid of these hay bales? It doesn't even cross your mind. Yeah. I should have, in retrospect, I should have talked to that farmer a little more and been like, hey, I'm going to buy these from you for the exact price you're asking. And then I'm going to bring them back and give them back to you. Because <laughs> that would have been worth it to me. But uh, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the foresight. Oh, they would have liked that deal, I think. <laughs> yeah. Scott Diedenbach writes, was just wondering if you could fill in all the listeners on the heroic first game of wide angle podium ear hole at the Trek Cyclocross Cup in Madison. Question one, who played? Well, that would be you, Scott, and me, Tim. B, who won? Well, Scott, that would be you. And what was the score? Pretty sure it was like 21 to 7. You, uh, and you crushed me. I'm going to correct you on that, Tim, because I was watching this game. You uh, you got shut out, buddy. No, I had a it point was, or two. It was 12-zip. Um, no, I did watch no. this thing go down. It's interesting that your memory is not quite, <laughs> quite up to snuff on this one. But yeah, you got you got blanked in the first game, and it was an embarrassment to us all. Well, I think I still absolutely crushed it. But, you know, Scott, the form, you won. The form was good. You looked good doing it, and that's what matters. The photographers got good shots of you. Um, well, that is yeah. what was important. Got another good one here from uh, Sean Stafford. Hey, guys. Just in case you haven't already seen this gem on eBay, happy bidding. And, of course, he's talking about 2011 Specialized S-Works Tarmac, 56 centimeters. Andy Schleck, one of only two in the world. Gentlemen, the auction has ended. Uh, no. Uh, the auction has ended on the 20th. Was the reserve met? The reserve was not met. Ooh. The winning bid on this was only $1,000, and Ooh. it is going to be relisted. Gentlemen, $1,000 is actually... Can he expect, you think, more than 1000 for this bike? Maybe not yet. Maybe you got to wait a few more years. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's got 10-speed no. SRAM red. So It's pretty modern. Um, and that's the only non-original piece on the bike is the front sprocket, probably because they didn't want to drop the chain. Um, so <laughs> stomach full of anger. I would hope one of you guys would buy it. Cause then I would attack you if you had any shifting problems. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, if it was me, I was guaranteed to have shifting problems. So. You know, what's funny <laughs> is how we remember that so much, but I feel like there's way more shifting problems now that everyone rides electric. Who was uh, Chavez was kicking his derailleur in the yeah, road race today. That was great. When um, he was kicking that during the road race today, do you guys like, oh man, that's Tim's rider. And there he is. Kick it. He was doing kind of a pretty creative heel kick. Yeah. I kind of liked it. I got Do you think that was because the battery died? Battery shorted? Like, what was was the derailleur bent? I, I was a little was confused on what he was trying to accomplish. I think it was generally because electronic shifting is stupid. I think that's why it was. It was just generally because <laughs> it's stupid. I'm, I'm guessing battery. Uh, much like Vanderpool, uh, the race was just a little bit too long for the battery to, uh, to last. I don't know, guys. I still think that it was a... Um, a pretty, uh, I, well, little guy, back to your point. Electronic shifting is not stupid. I actually enjoy it. I don't have it on my bike anymore, but I was going to call you out on that one. I was not going to let that one slide. It is pretty awesome when you press the button and it automatically shifts. Yeah, but except I, I feel like I see many more gear related problems in the last couple of years than well, I ever saw in the past. <laughs> Maybe, and this is not obviously scientific data, but I do feel like. We see at least once or twice a race, some rider staring down at their derailleur with a shocked, confused look on their face. Does nothing will fix it, and that <laughs> did not. I just cables don't break that much, you know. No, they don't. But I still, <clears throat> there's just something about that smoothness of pushing the button before it goes over. Yeah, but Spencer, there's also had... something about not getting dropped because your derailleur won't shift. Yeah, well, just make sure you charge your battery. See, I think that's the stupid part is if you forget to charge your battery. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's and then point. the first gen and second gen Shimano electronic systems that I had that had the battery like exposed, that was a little yeah. weird, like underneath your bottom bracket kind of thing. Like you're just like, uh, or under the chainstay. At least that's now they're right. hidden a little bit better. Um, but anyway, I just always forgot to charge mine before oh, I left I know. on the it's ride. Spencer, it was a terrible idea for you to have. It was such a bad... I'm not responsible no. enough for this. The number of yeah. rides I went on with Spencer where he's like, I don't know when I charged this. When did this water get put in this water bottle? It tastes funny. <laughs> What's in my pocket? Oh, a half-eaten goo? Whoa, when did I wear this jersey last? Three weeks ago? Hmm, okay. Oh, where's my wallet? Weeks. At the stop. Oh, I don't have my wallet, little guy. <laughs> now, that may have been calculated. Hey, yeah, uh, can, because... you, can you... I'll cover you later. Um, uh, yeah. I don't even want to do the math. Cross, I, you probably owe me 150 coffees at least. At least. Cyclocross start line etiquette. Dear Slow Ride, first, though, it took me about three episodes to fall in love with the podcast. Your podcast is now a minivan favorite with my daughters, often yes. requested between Space Unicorn and the Muffin Song. Car trips are better with the Slow Ride podcast. My wife just rolls her eyes. Sounds well, right. apologies <laughs> to your daughters, um, but thanks for the feedback. Now we have an adequate question. When lining up at this Sunday's local 4-5 cyclocross race, just outside the city you love to hate, we're going to have to narrow that down a little bit uh, there, Ben. There's There's a a lot of cities on this list. (laughs) (laughs) There was a young gentleman on the line who immediately asked the official how deep the points went. We were all confused. Points for the series? No. The question was about how deep the USAC upgrade points went. No one, not even the official, knew... (laughs) obviously, nor really cared. And we all gave the racer guff. He got a bit huffy about it all, declared that he was 19, and then I never saw him again after the whistle blew, as did I. (laughs) Were we wrong to give him a hard time, or was our attitude of, dude, this is a 4-5 race, who cares, correct? Thanks for being the arbiter of all cycling behavior. Ben Keel, little guy, Spencer, I cannot wait to discuss this. I have many, many thoughts on this question. Uh. So many thoughts. I mean, so I don't. Uh, yes, it's okay to make fun of him, but in his defense, where else is he supposed to get this information? It's not very clearly found <laughs> it's, anywhere it's in the online. But yeah, it's not, it's it's it's. Yeah, are we surprised that the official didn't know? Oh no, of course not, because you know they are the ones that should be um, in charge of you know making racing fair and fun for all. This is. This is my fundamental problem with USA yeah. Cycling is the lack of the officials from being common sense on who should be in what categories and whatnot. And one of them is the whole upgrade system is totally well, garbage across the board. That, As we know, though, every official at an event has a specific job and they do not care at all about something that is outside of their immediate jurisdiction within their job. 
Okay. You talk to the chief judge about some rules violation. He says, I don't care. I'm only here to score the race. You go talk to the chief ref. And if you talk to the chief ref about, oh, I think I got 16th place, not 17th place. He's like, I don't care. Go talk to somebody else about it. So, I'm only here to decide whether you broke any rules. Yeah. So Ben's question here. First off, Ben, here's my take on this. What an absolute power move by this 19 year old. Oh, right. Super good. Right there. He's Love just that. saying, yeah. how deep do the points go? Now here's where he made his mistake. He should say, well, I just wanted to check for the other guys because I'm going to win. Like, like he yeah. needed to add that on there to really just mess with everybody's head. But I think that the the question here is clearly about the upgrade points. I understand why it's asked. I, I have asked this question in the past, usually as a joke, because <laughs> I'm nowhere close to ever getting yeah. the points to the upgrade. But kind of just, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. Um, so I guess I... It's okay for you to give them a hard time. I think everyone should be getting a hard time if you're paying money to line up in a in spandex in a suffer fest that you, like you you paid money to just get crushed in that race, um, and so for your you, family to watch you suffer. Yeah, there's two there's two kinds of uh, cat four or five racers, right? There's the ones who are like, this is this is where I am. This is what I do. I'm just passing some time on the weekend, having fun. Uh, and there's ones that have just started racing and, and are like, oh, there's a system here and I can move up and I can get better and blah, blah, blah. And they just haven't, you know, come to realize what it all actually is yet. And, uh, it's that naivety that we all, that survive on that USA cycling survives on, to be frank. It still baffles my mind that in 2019, we are still left with a situation of upgrade points that people can't calculate and that every race you go to they're sandbaggers. And there's just this idea that there isn't like a way to easily categorize racers and people still don't know how the system works. It's not that hard. Just do the results boy system that they also use in all like the skiing federations around the world, base it on who you beat and then everyone gets their number. And that's what the category is when you move forward. It's not that hard, but Anyway, Ben, I thought it was an absolutely great question, mm-hmm. and please give him some difficulty next time you see him. I mean, I think the fact that he um, he mentioned how young he was as that was the that was the true dig was like I'm 19, you guys. This matters to me. I'm going places. <laughs> you old guys may be sticking around down here, but me, I'm going to the top. I got time to go one two. Now on the old Twitter sphere, little guy, we did get hit up with an example of a Minnesota cyclocross race where a Klein attitude made a debut a flat bar Klein attitude and it was not you on it no it wasn't me so little guy you have an imposter in Minnesota rocking the Klein bicycles and it wasn't you (laughs) you looked it was he looked far cooler than you no okay um I didn't see this how do you feel about another Klein bicycle in Minnesota racing uh (laughs) I mean I'm more the merrier uh mine's not out for the racing much anymore so I'm glad there's one out there Tim, was this a vintage event? Is that what was going on? Is it was a throwback night or something like that? <laughs> that was a great question. I do remember the vintage night the little guy didn't go to. So guys and all listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast, I personally have a homework assignment for you. This is Teacher Tim coming live. I would like for you all to do a little bit of research. You can do this on Pro Cycling Stats if you want, or you can do this just on the old Google machine. I have a new favorite kit in the professional cycling peloton and i'd like to tell you about it but it's really hard to explain it's an italian team cycling team fruli that's f-r-i-u-l-i i saw this this kit is absolutely out of your world bonkers. Once again, it is cycling team fruli f-r-i-u-l-i I do not know how to explain this kit other than it is black and white, so I absolutely love it. It's monochrome. There are just the right amount of random parallel horizontal line widths. Looks great. The main chest sponsor across the front is Campagnolo, which is awesome. Well, that's the one that sticks out. They have like a uh, a business <laughs> sponsorship, but I absolutely love this team. Guys, is this the best kit in professional cycling today? I'm glad you scrolled down far enough in pro cycling stats to see this because I saw this too. It's really good. I really like it. It's number one. The, I want to buy this kit. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Spencer, your thoughts on the Team Fruly kit 
Black shorts, baby. Yeah, so black shorts. I just googled this. I just googled this up for the first time. I've not seen it before. And uh, little guy, you nailed it. This is my first impression. Is that this kit? Uh, you just you just wear the plain black shorts. You just go to the bike shop and buy your fifty dollar uh, black shorts, whatever it is that you need, and you're good to go with this kit. It is perfect. That is the kind of thing I like to see in professional cycling. Uh, not too flashy, not too much going on, and just keeping it real. Uh, it looks great. I, uh, I don't really have any complaints. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't uh, even, oh, it is so good. The only downside is that they have other years where they have the most generic, like all black kit that you're like, Ooh, that one was totally off the semi custom line. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, did you start your team halfway through the season <laughs> that you're like, we need something quick from the kit manufacturer. Cause the main kit, it, and there's even a little bit of gradient on the kit that I'm okay with. Mm, oh, bit. so good. So once again, kit. Google is, cycling team Fruly F R I U L I and just start bombarding them on Twitter, copying at the slow ride pod. So maybe they will put us in their team car because I don't even know if they have a team car, but maybe we can get some Jersey swag or maybe a cycling cap out yes, of this kit. These kits are allegedly for sale on their website. Oh yeah. If you, if you scroll well, down far enough I, on their Instagram, I, they have a team car. I don't know. If this is a, a website that I would send money to <laughs> and hope to get anything back from, but it is there. It is kind of, you know what? I don't know if I'm willing to take the plunge either yet, but uh, maybe <laughs> we have to. Okay. If you're a listener and you're willing to take the plunge, or maybe you live in Europe, please go translate this page so you can read it. It's got a little bit of the, 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 like, oh, there's just a little, I don't know if I'm going to put my money on it, but man, does it look good. And I would love to have that kit sent my way. Uh, I think the older kit is better because they've got one from another year that says Office City, but it's very Englishy. O-I-F-F-I-C-I-T-Y, Office City. Yeah. Um, Office City Business Space. I want a shirt that says Office City Business Space on it. <laughs> That's great. It's like I'm in a Staples Business Center's jersey. It it. It's not actually cool, but if you don't have a staples, well, maybe we we talked about weird. this at, at 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 Trek as we saw the kid the kid who was crushing it in the single speed race who had the Weather Channel cycling socks on, and uh, me and Tim were standing there and we got very very excited about this because there's something so normal yet something so amazing about Weather Channel socks. I don't. It's a strange cycling combination. His mom was a little weirded out when you were like really into his socks i mean she was a little confused by it but i i think i think we explained the sort of strange combination of boring boring that makes a good cycling kit i don't know what how to explain that there's something amazing about being sponsored by something that doesn't seem like it should you know it was matter no that's true there were so many things to pick up on about the madison cyclocross world cup up in uh at trek yep um first off thanks for everybody that stopped by the booth I felt like it was a trade. Oh it was God. busier than a trade show. It was like, this was way busier than Interbike the last three years it was around. So oh, people were sure. coming by our booth. We were definitely one of the places to hang out. We had, um, your hole. We had, uh, we were, we did some giveaways. Uh, Davis coming up from Huntsville, Alabama, you know, walked away with a, a, a works, uh, recorder. We still have some other or works power washer. We have a couple of other, um, giveaways that will be happening. I know the gravel lot has one, um, also, we're going to come up with another contest here for the Slow Ride Podcast, so keep listening. I know Bill was absolutely slaying it in the photo department, and then his his power rankings? Little guy, you you featured in the power rankings? Yeah, I finally made well, it. I, I mean, at least your picture was there, because yeah, yeah. Lars Sweek, uh, who it. won the Slow Ride Podcast jersey, and he was absolutely stoked to get 16th <laughs> place. I think, I think he was. now, I wasn't there for it, No, but I remember you calling me right away saying, Tim... He was so happy, and all he wanted to talk about was the back-to-back national championships that uh-huh. the Gophers had. Yeah, he said, he and said how long fan. it's been since Wisconsin won the national title. Yep, yep. He he really doubled down on that. He was like, "I really want to stress the point of how many titles the the Golden Gophers have won." Is what he said. Now, obviously, the big race recaps are going to be over at like Cross Radio, right? Like that's where we're going to hear most of it. Yeah. Um, but we there was also so many other news like right getting to hang out spencer we talked about it with the other um shows mm-hmm. um i got to meet zach schuster from uh you know cyclocross magazine but then also now the host of the the soon to be launched 
Grodio podcast on the network, which they already have like four or five episodes over in the parts bin, but now it's going yep. full time. That's awesome to get to put the face to the name there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he was 100%. Like, oh, it's so good. Little guy, you were absolutely crushing it with the bar and shifters on the same course as the world champions on Sunday. I got to watch yeah. you race and you didn't even crash going down the hill. It was so cool with your fire treads. <laughs> uh, I crashed. I crashed. Don't worry. I crashed. Everybody crashed, man. That was really muddy. Uh, I don't know if I'd say crushing it. I think when I looked at the results, I got 36 out of 37 in the one, two field. And that's not even counting all the cat threes that passed me. So that was a little rough. But you, you you, you made us look cool. You gave us street cred. Yeah. Yeah. That's what counts, man. That's what counts. Now, totally. On the first day, I decided to follow Bill around while he was taking some photos. Mm hmm. I could yeah. not believe how much running and like he had the course not like knowledge in the back of his hand of where he needed to be at what time to take the right photos. That was impressive. I was out of breath following him, but I learned the ins and outs of the courses. And then I was able to uh, kind of show you guys how I would do it. So you guys got up to like my semi pro status of how uh-huh. to cut the course and see. see so much. But here's the thing with what Bill was doing and the rest of the photographers I was struggling to keep up what was happening in the race when the way that they were doing it and the speed that they were going, because they all have their checklists of like what photos to take for the, the companies that are hired, hired them for the, you know, photos. And then all, and these photos sometimes aren't even for public consumption. It's really just like internal use too, to see the sponsorships really happening. So you get to see what they're doing. And then they're also knowing what's happening in the race. So Bill knew who was in what positions, like one through 10, let's say in the women's race and knew where to be. It was so impressive. And meanwhile, I'm like, what's going on in the race? Like I was so discombobulated, (laughs) but the pros, the way that they're able to handle it. And I noticed that uh, when there was the track walkthrough on the Thursday, they were already like keying in on where to be and where the the course uh, crossings were. It was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like they're professionals. So yeah, little guy, (laughs) what was your highlight of the race weekend? I don't know. Yeah. Racing Sunday was way up there, but I just, all the racing Sunday racing and seeing it, that, that women's race and that men's race, uh, were pretty amazing. Like watching Yolanda come from the back row yeah, and get on the podium there was pretty mind boggling how fast she was around all the corners. So you think the performance of, of, uh, Yolanda was definitely the highlight of the weekend? Uh, like I know there's many, but that was like, what's going to, that you recall? Yeah, there's many. It was just, I was just amazed at how, how fast she was just through the tech stuff. I mean, I knew, I knew okay. she'd be really good and they were all really good, obviously, but she was just like, I just watching corners and like, she's going two or three seconds faster through some corners than folks and folks that were riding in top five, you know, no joke. And she was just making up time everywhere. It was pretty crazy to watch and just imagining what she's going to do when she starts getting um, a better start spot and doesn't have to pick her way yeah. through a little bit is yep. pretty crazy. And uh, Spencer, what was like your favorite part of the weekend? Uh, easy uh, slam dunk for me. Uh, Saturday's uh, single speed race for the women. Uh, my much better half yeah. standing on the podium in third place. Uh couldn't be prouder. Had a great race um, and got to stand up there on the podium in front of the wide angle podium uh, sponsorship logos on the backdrop. Yeah, that was That's pretty cool. cool. And definitely not underselling the whole better half aspect after oh, yeah. spending no, another no. weekend with you for, you know, <laughs> the many time. I think overall for me to finally get a muddy cyclocross World Cup here, uh, you know, because we were there on Friday and it was 70 degrees, 75 degrees. It felt like burning sun. I still have like, you know, my peel, I'm peeling from the sunburn that I got over a week ago. And now, and then how quickly that changed to Sunday's mud fest. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, checking the weather channel and you could just see the blob <laughs> of red coming and you're like cyclocross weather's finally going to be here. Yeah. And it was amazing to see the fashion of the well, the wellies, right? Everyone's rubber boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Ryan Newell of Service Course for his uh, 
limited edition service course uh, Wellington boots. I absolutely because he took the his sticker and just put them on there. It was hilarious, and he's just like, "Yep, I know how to do this." It was pretty good. He said he had to go to like five different stores or something like that to get the last pair in Madison. So there must have been a run at all the Home Depots of the uh, the rubbered boots. Oh, yeah. But uh, what a great time up there in Madison! Yeah, I believe it. It was a great race. It was a lot of fun. It was really nice of Trek to have us. So, Yeah, such a good time. Well, and with that, guys, I think we need to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to Wide Angle Podium to find out how to support the shows that you love. Spencer and I will be back later this week with a Roller Derby Let It Ride recap with the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We'd also like to thank Hydroshot and Works for coming together for their uh, sponsorship. And Spencer, how are they going to, um, how, how can one of our listeners cash yeah. in? They're going to head over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code CLEANBIKE. And we'd also like to thank Buckler Skincare for their support with the limited edition Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. Head to bucklerskincare.com to purchase oh. your very own tub. And so Grimper good. Brothers for their two specific coffee blends, Hello Cyclocross Friends, and the full Schleck. Head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to learn more. Email us at theslowridepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at theslowridepod. We'd love to hang hear from you. And this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.